I can see, you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> that brings you in-depth analysis of what is Beavis and Butthead. I'm Adam Kurtz, Clay Cunningham, and every time I spell an an analysis, I have a little Beavis and Butthead in me, seeing the word (laughs) anal. Just, yeah, do you you just ever leave the word anal on the screen there just so you could chuckle at it, and then you have to presumably, that's a word I always type wrong, too, so that's that's one of many. It's, uh, well, now hopefully you won't. Well, we'll see. So, Clay, um, we usually have a theme. We're going with themes, and this is season one, which I'm sure people are excited already to know that we have multiple seasons planned. So sit back, strap it down. And uh, But what are we looking at this week? Well, you know, Adam, I like to think there's a little bit of Beavis and Butthead in all of us. <laughs> Uh, anywho, but um, as through a, a lot of research and just like some unfortunate recollections, there's a lot of Beavis and Butthead in us, like a staggering, staggering amount. And um, we're going to go through a pair of episodes that I think have mirrored our lives in very unsettling ways. Two, I would say, really excellent episodes from two different area for two different eras of the show. We have no laughing from season two and uh, ding dong ditch from uh, season, uh, yes, season seven. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some nice long discussions about the episodes ourselves and uh, some, some hopefully funny, but not particularly flattering memories from our own personal lives. But before we get there, we have a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, As you might remember last week, I posed a trivia question for you asking, do you know the name of Tom Anderson's wife? And I said, we'll answer it at the end of this particular segment. And uh, we didn't. So um, let's clean that up now. Adam, do you know the answer? You know, through sheer laziness, I forgot about it and didn't look it up. So no. Um, His wife's name is Marcy, which I believe... I know it was definitively said in Beavis and Butthead Do America. I don't know if they were me- mentioned in any episodes, but um, but yeah, that's our that's our trivia question. If you needed proof that we're dumb, go right there. First official episode, we do a trivia question and don't give the answer. But um, and what a thrilling conclusion! Yeah, absolutely. I hope everybody waited with baiting <laughs> with bated breath for that. But we'll now get into this one. Our first discussion uh, centers around the episode No Laughing. Uh, this one aired on June 2nd, 1993. It was the 12th episode of season two, written by series creator Mike Judge, along with Glenn Eichler, and directed by Mike Judge. The IMDb synopsis, which I'll say is not particularly, it's not eloquently written, written here, but um, it's when Principal McVicker gets fed up with Beavis and Butthead's constant stupidity and uncontrollable laughter on every word that looks dirty to them for the final time, he puts them on a no laughing probation. If caught laughing once more in class, they risk expulsion. And, um, well, uh, this episode I feel like has a fairly well known or well remembered ending. Um, so this is, um, 
Uh, we're just going to go ahead and play the clip here. This is the exact immediately what happens after uh, Beavis and Butthead are told uh, they can no longer laugh in class. This is sex education week. <laughs> That's right, sex ed week. We're going to be talking about the penis. We'll be talking about the vagina. That we'll be talking about the testicles. <laughs> Yes, we're also going to be talking about venereal disease, sexual intercourse, the scrotum, the clitoris, and and we will definitely be spending a lot of time talking about masturbation. Yeah, very memorable clip, perfectly delivered by uh, Buzzcut. What a, what a great vessel for that scene that Buzzcut was, because you can't see it there, but just like the bulging eyes from a guy who I think wants nothing more to see Beavis and Butthead sent to a, a boarding school where they're getting beaten up all the time. But, um, Adam, you know, you know, I, I, I know where we're going with this, but why don't you share with our listeners why this episode, and in particular that scene, uh, mirrors a chapter from our own life? Um, you know, I, I want to say that uh, you're right with Buzzcut. Uh, the sass that he puts on us, sex education. <laughs> like he is truly excited that he is delivering this. And for people that might not remember uh, Mr. Buzzcut, he has the flat top. He's very military-esque uh, in his uh, build and just his delivery. So um, I think the exact opposite of that person was our school nurse. Well, we won't put names in, but um, you know, I, in this episode, I go into just what a terrible age Beavis and Butthead are in. You know, the 14-year-old male is terrible in general. Personally, I don't want to deal with anyone that age right now. Uh, and it's just terrible. So yeah. we were those kids. We were, it was terrible. And uh, it was sex education for us. And we had just a, an old sweet lady nurse uh, trying to do her job. And it, her job was just to play a videotape, which I hope that sex education has advanced since I couldn't, I don't know the particular year, but I'm going to say 95 to 98. I believe we were in seventh grade. So if my match, that was 97, 98, I believe. Okay. So I was in, I was, that's within range. Yeah. Uh, you know, you pop in the VHS, and uh, it's all about the changes to your body. And um, I think a defense mechanism is, uh, it, one, immaturity, and two, a defense mechanism for an uncomfortable situation. So uh, I'll just start with a line that I distinctly remember verbatim. Um, my penis is smaller than the other boys. Does that make me less of a man? And it was almost a Simpsons style of Troy McClure of, no, it doesn't, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So we're laughing just as you are now. And as kind of Beavis and Budhead were. And and this was just, that was one line of many. Um, and I remember the school nurse just being, you know, if you guys don't quit laughing, you're going to have to watch this again. And that was met with cheers from us. <laughs> yeah. Put her in the put her in the rewind thing that you closed down. Back her up, and we watched it twice through. Which I don't know if I'm proud of that, if I'm embarrassed by that, but 
my goodness, uh, yeah, we we could not stop. I think we laughed the second round too, and she'd probably just given up at that point. And what what I remember from that same video, I remember the penis one, and I do remember they showed just like you know an outline of a young body, and then there was like the yeah the the narrator's like, and when young boys excited, they get an erection, and it showed a clip of the that little outline, you know, getting hard. <laughs> I remember. And I remember we sat next to each other, and I can't remember, was anybody else laughing? I'd like to think they were, but yeah, we were in our own little world with that, uh, <laughs> with that particular segment. And she played it again. Oh, uh, yes. And I, I just remember, um, this is way too much information, you know. I always wonder if, like, this will cost us job interviews in the future. Or... Yeah, it's uh, a... <laughs> yeah, I, I, what, what do we have to lose? There was distinct uh, discussion of, like, could you urinate when you were erect? And the nurse was absolutely adamant that you could not. And we combated that. And I'm really glad, you know, uh, the 40-year-old version with Steve Carell came out. That opening scene where he has to stand about 20 feet away from the toilet yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> proves our point. But uh, vindicated. Yes, but... Yeah, it's uh, embarrassing to talk about, and uh, but again, I don't know if I'm embarrassed or proud, but yes, that aligns right with this episode. Yes, it's, I mean, a perfect parallel, but um, so, I mean, and there's one other thing, like, I, I noticed, because um, I watched it on the Judge Collection, and this scene was cut out, uh, which I think was fine, because it didn't really add a whole lot, but it's a scene of Beavis and Butthead talking to each other while sitting on a toilet and um in the public I'll, 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 I'll cede the floor to you uh does this also draw some parallels that you remember from our from our time in high school we had a ritual before football games and everybody knows the first of all our high school <laughs> i i don't know when it was incorporated but i know in our time that we were there from middle school until we graduated there was a time period where there were no doors on the stalls. Oh, I know. It's not just like locker rooms. These are like public places where people, the public restrooms people would use at basketball games. <laughs> not only like, even when public restrooms have doors, there's still that, that inch crack that makes you uncomfortable because you can see the reflection in a mirror maybe or somebody walking in can peer in. But this was just full, full on, you, you might as well like not have some punch. It feels like a sex offense, doesn't it? It's, I don't know how it was allowed. Anyway, so they, they finally put doors on these stalls. That's a side point. Um, yes. uh, but we would have a ritual before football games that we would uh, uh, get nervous and have to go number two, if you will. Since we're, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it uh, light here on a Beavis and Butthead podcast. But we would try to uh, score points by throwing a crumpled TP over and getting it in the small hole that was between our legs and the bowl. Um, and it was more fun than it should have been. Oh, I, I, I stand by the game, which I, I, I used to write for this review site, and I actually wrote about the game because I incorporated it with some people. I pl- yeah, I played it with some people I worked with. I believe I, the unofficial name I gave it was Pot Shot, which yeah, I thought was a decent amount. I, but I stand by fun game. Um, now there may or may or may not, but definitely were instances where we um, 
threw pieces over after using toilet paper for its intended use, which is um, I, maybe not something I'd endorse in my, my uh, adulthood, but um, yeah. That, 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 that's the one thing maybe, but that game, I stand by a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult in, a, in adulthood to set up a situation where you could talk with someone who's like, Hey, let's go play this sort of makeshift basketball game in a public restroom. But if you're comfortable enough, do it. Cause the game's great. Yeah. Yeah, man. It makes me cringe thinking about it, <laughs> but, um, well, that's uh, that's that's part of our, uh, you know, tying in our unfortunate uh, personalities into the show. But let's just talk about the episode, Adam. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts? You know, laughing's a, it's a classic episode. I was contemplating using this one in uh, for our our previous episode for our favorites, and what I mean, just to kind of set up the episode, you know. They get kicked out of IMDb. Who wrote that? IMDb was like you paid somebody on Fiverr. They got tired of writing synopses, so they paid somebody on Fiverr to overseas to, to churn all these out where English yeah, is their yeah. first language. Yeah, no, that, that did not read well. But uh, so uh, it starts off Beavis and Butthead get kicked out of every class they're in, laughing for one reason or another. And in the Spanish class, they, they can't speak any Spanish and they're just a nuisance. They laugh at the name of Buttkiss, um, Daniel Buttkiss, if you will. And yeah. they ask if they're going to laugh at that the rest of their lives, which brings a parallel to, like, I mean, really immature stuff. But I know <laughs> that I think the connection to this episode makes you laugh, makes me laugh in adulthood. Yeah. Um, and uh, they finally get sent to the principal's office where then they, we got to that clip. What I really enjoy, what what makes this a hallmark episode for me, Clay, is the the when they don't laugh, they accomplish the task of the punishment. They hold it in, they cover their mouths, but then the bell rings and they sprint out of the school and they laugh for like a couple of hours, and yeah. the, the speed at which they laugh, like that's so memorable to me because not only are they constantly laughing just because that's their comfort zone, this is just a total release. Uh, when they, when they get out of their punishment, it was like yeah, kind of almost like when you hold a hose down, like and you let the water build up and then you release it. That's yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah, I definitely like this one. This isn't my favorite era of Beavis and Butthead, which um, there's just a little like like the voices are off. Like in particular, I mean like I, I one thing I've talked about the show is like I love the attitude of it. And um, I think that gets conveyed better in later years because, like, in early ones, like, with Butthead in particular, like, you know, it's, it's a very subtle difference of him looks like, uh, and then, like, the later years is like, eh. And there's, there's weirdly so much more confidence in the later one, and I think that's kind of like – it's not that Butthead ever lacked confidence, but um, when he has that attitude that really, like, spreads it out well – I think that that kind of makes it funnier. And um, yeah, this is this is a, a sort of a uh, episode, which it's not quite, uh, just, just not quite on par, but I will say it's very funny. It's, it's, a, it's a really funny episode. I mean, for everything that you kind of mentioned, and it's great at showing this world through Beavis and Butthead's eyes, which is something the best episodes do. I mean, you kind of mentioned that. There's also the scene that I loved um, 
with uh, McVicker where he says, uh, Mr. Sherman, your history teacher, says he's completely given up on trying to teach your class about the gay 90s. <laughs> I mean, know your audience there, because that, that's sort of, that's another thing. Like, this is going back to elementary school. I remember um, we had, like, these fill-in-the-word booklets where, like, certain letters were missing, but they'd show a picture, and you had to fill it in. And one of them, and I remember in third grade, it was a picture of grass, but they cut out the GR and spelled A-S-S. <laughs> Just, I mean, like, and I'm in third, you're in third grade, and the teacher's like, oh, grow up. No, I'm a, I'm a third grader, and you showed me a cuss word. That's on the book distributor. And like this instance, I'm sorry, that's on Mr. Sherman for, you know, I mean, you don't have to call it the gay 90s. <laughs> yeah. And there's and also the fact kind of building on that scene, I love We've talked, we talked last week, I think we were talking about a lot how it's great that this show exists where Beavis and Butthead are always surrounded by perfect opportunities for innuendo. So of course, after giving that big like sexual organ spiel, the first three names that Buzzcut calls are Buttkiss, Gaylord, and Hyman, because of course they are. What I like about that particular, that exact, uh, line though is butt kiss laughs at his own name being called which is hilarious because he knows those guys are in trouble so even Dan butt kiss there's yeah. just a little laugh from daniel butt kiss himself which makes it great it's a yeah it's a great callback because yeah the two listen other two i always forget in the early episodes that mr stevenson was a teacher there which uh, I feel like in later years, that would have been Mr. Van Driesen. But um, there is a little thing because, yeah, he points out that um, they'd laughed at every time he calls Daniel Butkus's name for seven months. <laughs> but, um, and I also love there's a little, a great little animation, bit of animation there when he's reading through the names and he gets to Butkus. Like right as he says it, you see his eyes dart up because he knows they're going to laugh at it. And it just, yeah, right on cue. But um, yeah, that was a great callback. Butt kiss here. <laughs> um, not to take it back to the uh, the restroom scene. They are, if the dialogue in that scene is, and I, I hope this episode isn't too much about us, but the, the dialogue in that scene is them reciting commercials like that they've seen on television. Which right now, if I said another scorcher, cool, you could finish it because we <laughs> saw. Yep. So, what's the paper say about tomorrow? Another scorcher. Cool. Sears commercial for air conditioning. Twenty times a day, every day we watched music videos or whatever in American Gladiators in the summer when we were both sitting on your couch, and we would see those commercials that we can recite to this day, which yep. is. Again, embarrassing, um, but like another parallel. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. One one thing I will say that I, I feel like is kind of, I don't know, like it, it's another thing I won't like use as necessarily as a criticism because this I'll I'll throw like logical lapses out if a scene makes me laugh, and we already talked about how great this scene is. It seems odd to me though because like the punishment, like IMDb says it's expulsion, but uh, in the episode, they, they state that they're got to go to this like delinquent high school where they get their ass kicked every day. 
Um, I will say, though, it doesn't seem even that I don't think would be a big punishment. One, because I think Beavis and Butthead would idolize the kids who go to a delinquent school. And it's kind of established where like Todd, you know, who their hero, like beats the living crap out of them all the time. And they kind of take it as a badge of honor. So it's uh, I, I feel like they'd have been OK. Just just a small little thing this, that I, I, I kind of thought about uh, having watched the episode a couple of times and just kind of looking for talking points. Credit McVicker for coming up with a unique punishment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's the episode. And uh, now we're going to, I think, go on to the uh, the music video segment. And um, I kind of talked about, like, er I think early episodes have some pacing issues. Uh, here's where we kind of run into one. There are a whopping 10 music videos here, which I personally, I think, a bit too much. And they kind of they narrowed it down later in the years. But I'll go through with them. Um, they have Push the Little Daisies by, by Ween, <laughs> um, Everybody Get On Up by Carmen Electra, who apparently was a singer at one no point. Idea. had no uh, idea. Yeah. Um, who Was In My Room Last Night by Butthole Surfers, So What You Want by Beastie Boys, Baby Baby by Amy Grant, Mickey by Tony Basil, Rock You Like a Hurricane by Scorpions, Take It Back by, by MTV 90s staple Reba McIntyre. <laughs> Made it into the rotation somehow. Come Undone by Duran Duran and Dance of the Dead by Corrosion of Conformity. Um, Adam, what's, uh, what are some highlights you feel of this music video collection? Um, we, we mentioned that I can't believe Carmel Electra had any sort of music career. Um, and then uh, no comment on the band's name for Push This Little Daisy, I thought would, was notable. I don't believe they said ween of any sorts. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I was astounded by how long. There was almost no commentary on the Butthole Surfers video, just the Butthole Surfers rock, and that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. And then, yes, the Reba McIntyre, that falls into, like, that's a riding in the car with uh, your family a Reba McIntyre hit was more likely to come on than in Beavis and Butthead yeah this is uh, I know my mom I, I think she's outright expressed disappointment that I'm even a fan of this show so I gotta imagine that I'm dedicating like some sort of like media coverage to it makes her upset so maybe a mention of yeah her fa that was her favorite singer growing up um so maybe maybe that'll help turn her around yeah I did some math on the butthole surf well first I don't think there was a single joke it's a minute 57 long clip. I don't think they even made a joke. There's literally one minute and 11 seconds with, with no, nothing said. So I, I kind of think my theory is maybe Mike Judge was just a big fan of the butthole surfers. And he's like, yeah, they're probably never going to get much MTV play, which they ended up getting with their song Pepper a few, song, a few years later. So, um, so good on them. But yeah, that was kind of strange. Um, I like that at one point they thought Tony Basil was dire straits. I actually put that right there with a question mark. That was, that was a weird one. And um, side note, I know I'd heard it before, but I hadn't thought about it. And I think I'll get your endorsement here because you're a big fan of 80s music. Come Undone by Duran Duran. That's a great song. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a great hook. It's, I've, I've been listening to it fairly frequently since I watched that. You know, growing as a as a person through this show as well, boy. As, uh, uh, as, as yeah, I should. I I enjoyed that uh, that song Duran Duran, and I also liked that they wanted to start a band called Butthead and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that pretty much sums up I, the Amy, 
conversely, the Amy Grant video was on, what, maybe 10 seconds? And yeah, that, that, that got the unceremonious channel change. Yes, that's something that they always do when, when they don't like something. Yep. Uh, overall, yeah, I think the parallels that we can draw the conclusion to is overall terrorizing uh, in class when it was unnecessary um, and farting in class. <laughs> you know? uh, yes, uh, I, I, I may or may not have been sent to the principal's office a couple times for, for – uh, for doing so. Uh, <laughs> it sounds so dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're not bright people. All right. I think we're going to pause for a quick break here. We're, we're trying a new formatting change. So pause for a break. Buff, Code, and Beaver. All right. Welcome back to Buff, Coat and Beaver. And Clay, we were just went over no laughing, and this theme, the theme this week was kind of parallels in our life to Beavis and Butthead. In the second episode, we're going to uh, venture into, wade into Ding Dong Ditch. It aired on January 31st, 1997. It was the fourth episode of the seventh season, written by Christopher Orwin, Brown, excuse me, typo, Greg Grabinski, and Mike Judge, directed by Mike Judge. So Ding Dong Ditch, Clay, um, I'll toss this over to you first to uh, chat about how, uh, what parallel did you, did you uh, find in this? Okay, um, I will get into it. Um, yeah, the plot of the episode is um, Beavis and Butthead attempt to prank neighbors by ringing their doorbell and running, but they can't seem to do it right. Yes, thank you. Um, um, so... Yeah, that's. I, I will get into that, but Adam, this 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 is going to be a supersized episode because I, I felt like I had to put together some honorable mentions, okay. some other some other instances from our lives that that I, that I noticed from other episodes. Uh, there's the episode "Tired," which um, uh, Beavis basically gets in a big tire and goes on top of the hill, and Butthead pushes him down. Which um, I did that once before, uh, not quite to the effect they did here, but. Um, I did do that. And there's also something where um, there's a big part of that where Beavis isn't ready and Butthead pushes him anyway. And it kind of reminded us, we had uh, this friend, which who I think you still see, um, this just psychotic scumbag named Andy, who <laughs> one time had this idea, he's like, hey, Clay, let's do a wheelbarrow down the stairs, like where they grab your feet and then you walk by. And, you know, me being me at the time is like, oh, it sounds great. And instead of doing it, he flipped me down the stairs. Like, and I know maybe you're thinking like, oh, Clay, you know, he's grown. He's got a family. Don't mention his by name. He could have severed my spine. What a jerk. <laughs> you know, I think you put yourself in uh, that situation. You're asking for it. So I'm going to victim. Well, well, in hindsight, yes. But yeah, that one, I, that, that, that's one. And I'm then not there's about his name for privacy reasons. Oh, what he, he showed me no mercy. I give him none. But um, and then we also have one called Killing Time. There were two episodes, two instances here that remind me of um, one. Uh, well, the plot of it is Beavis and Butthead are watching TV and determine uh, there's nothing good on for two hours. So they have to find time to they have to they have to pass the time, which uh, in and it's that in and itself, I think, is, is relatable. But uh, one of the things they do is they play a game where Butthead has a trash can and the rules are simply, I throw it at you, then you throw it at me. 
which um, there was a brief period of time where you and I participated in the backyard wrestling craze where um, we didn't have a ring, but we had a ladder and we, uh, we, we would often take money that my mom left us for lunch and spent it on these really cheap basting pans that we could just hit, hit each other in the head with. Um, so um, that was fun. Somehow we never got hurt. And um, this one, I don't know how, I don't know how this one kicked in either, but I watched. Um, so um, at the end of it, the, the thing they were waiting for is this thing called the multi, it was the, an infomercial for this thing called the Multiflex advertised by Suzanne Summers. Now, some, if you don't know, Suzanne Summers in the, like the 70s and 80s was a sitcom star. Uh, she was on the show called Three's Company. Also, uh, um, uh, one of the more significant sex symbols of her era, I'd say, which was partially driven by her endorsement of this thing called the, uh, the FIMAP. Yeah, which was literally, yeah, she just stuck it. I mean, it's it was very suggestive sort of infomercials where she like, you know, stuck it in her legs, gyrated them open and shut. It's, um, yeah, it was uh, awfully suggestive. Um, well, that's, I mean, yeah, on the show, for some reason, they call it the multiflex, but it's still Suzanne Summers. But I bring it up because later in her career, uh, Ms. Summers was the co-star of a sitcom called Step by Step, which it was her and Patrick Duffrey basically recreating the Brady Bunch. It's uh, they got married, they have kids, how are they going to get along? Well, one day, I don't know, I don't remember the year. I'm hoping it was before college. It might not have been, but um, one of us was watching a rerun of Step by Step at his house while the other came over and started watching it too, noticed Suzanne Summers, and eventually got aroused to the point where he got an erection that he showed off underneath his shorts. I, well, again, not naming names, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any recollection of this event, Adam? I don't. I, I'm not just saying that to uh, plead, plead innocence here either. I <laughs> truly don't. Okay. That had to have been a well, No names given. Like of everything I think we brought up here, that is the most depressing. Cause it's, I mean, the story starts out with one of us was willingly watching step-by-step -step reruns. It's like, oh, it can't get worse than that. It did, it, it really did. But um, all right, that's another sidebar. Um, but here, we're gonna get into the episode. The reason I wanted to talk about Ding Dong Ditch, this was another specific one. I do remember, uh, this was from the summer of 2003. And uh, you and I were hanging out um, at one of our houses, I'm sure. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was uh, babysitting for the kids of our high school football coach, which, I mean, if, has there ever been a more small town Midwest sentence than that? <laughs> sure. Um, but, uh, for whatever reason, somebody suggested we, oh, let's go there and ding dong ditcher because we knew where the coach lived and the other one's like, yeah, it's a great idea. So you drove me there. I went up to the house, rang the doorbell. And as I ran away, you drove off. <laughs> you not only, not only went to the end of the street, turned off and left me on the street. And I can remember turning around and looking back and my girlfriend at the time, who was like, I think, 
I don't know if she was class valedictorian. She was way up there. She was a very smart girl. And I could see just enough like of her body language just shrugged over, just like, what am I, I'm dating this guy? What am I doing with my life? And, um, and I eventually had to walk back because you left me there because I couldn't even get in the damn car. But, um, and I think an even more interesting side note, that was the summer between our high school, when we graduated from high school and when we, when we started college. So it's worth noting, we got into college. Well, to be fair, my college doesn't exist anymore. That is true. So uh, that's, uh, can we blame this on you in any way? Yes, I stand by all of that, those actions. I was trying to teach you a lesson of, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, uh, the, the outcome is, but I think you learned a lesson one way or another. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, yeah, learn not to trust my friends. That's, um, I think it's a lesson that, yeah, I, well, I should have learned after that scumbag dumped me down the steps, but here we are. But, um, oh boy, another fun trip down memory lane. But, um, so I'm just going to say, yeah, I, this episode's great. Agreed? It's good. It's, um, I, I really, it's fun to kind of see Beavis and Butthead genuinely excited about something to like, or they actually want to practice to get it right. This is almost like, you know, the theory of, oh, you got to do 10,000 hours to be great at something. This almost feels like the Beavis and Butthead version of it because there's, um, I, <laughs> here's the, the sequence of events because, yeah, they, they, they can't get it right. It starts with, um, they ring a doorbell but forget to run away in time. Um, they, they go back. Uh, they run away before forgetting to ring the bell and stand behind a tree for a full hour laughing <laughs> just and then just determining that the guy was too stupid so like oh let's prank him again before they realize oh we forgot to ring a bell they forgot to ring the doorbell um they go back uh butthead runs away but beavis forgets to take not only doesn't run away forgets to take his finger off the doorbell before the guy <laughs> comes to the door runs back and sees i would i'd say the look on butthead's face is fairly similar to the aforementioned ex-girlfriend like just like beavis you screwed it up again and then they give it one last try um and they go to the house of someone who's on vacation we see like a sidebar a, just a side scene of a neighbor saying oh the neighbors asked me to pick up the mail while they're on vacation so then they leave and then they go to the house two different times only to find the, like the, the, the neighbors, you know, pull into the driveway from their vacation, you know, you know, before anything could happen. And it has, that has the great uh, dialogue exchange. Forgive the bad impression, but uh, where Butthead says, I hope whoever lives here is like taking a dump. And then Beavis hits back. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll have to run to the door without wiping. <laughs> Another so stupid dialogue exchange that could only i think really be funny on this show See, that's uh, there what i took away from that clay is the uh, the, the humor that they display is relentless i think you could have the most uppity person you know who doesn't i do oh, i do not find this humor funny i don't find this show funny but if you force them to watch it that line right there 
they would have to at least like it would break them <laughs> in some sort of fashion. Like there's a line probably in every episode where you can find where like no matter what, I even if it's so stupid, like you said, but you're just like if you don't smile, <laughs> they just never stop. They, know, and it, yeah, and that just I mean, just the sight. And there's genuine like they're actually whispering because they want to like not get caught. Which by the way, also at this house, their running away and hiding plan is they literally take five steps, duck behind a bush, and half of their giant heads are still clearly visible. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's a great line. And um, I also love at the end with, you know, backtrack to the constant laughing because they, they, they decide they want to do a practice run where Butthead gets Beavis. And even outside the door, you, even though they've established you know this is going to happen. Butthead is still cackling with delight at the idea of pulling this one over on Beavis. It's this, uh, it, I mean, there's, it's just about enough. I think this episode's about six and a half minutes long, which is, I think is just about as long as you can sit, sustain a ding dong ditch uh, plot line. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm a big fan of this one. He was successful in uh, bamboozling Beavis. Beavis had forgotten. <laughs> It <laughs> just seconds. So, yes, yeah. that, uh, that was the plan. Oh, yeah, that, that worked pretty good. <laughs> a little uh, Easter egg in this episode, too, is I know an episode we'll talk about later this season, uh, Patsy's, the vacationing family that comes home. Uh, PAT1 was the license plate uh, for uh, standing for the same acronym as in the Patsy's. Video. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's the same family that arrived. It is the same family, yes. Yeah, that I actually didn't notice the license plate, but I did notice, yeah, that guy and, and his son from, from Patsy's, yes. Yes. And the, so that's pretty much the episode, Clay, unless you had anything else to add? Not from, not from that one. Um, we have the, the music video, which is, um, yeah, the, the polar opposite. The last one had 10. Uh, this one has one. They only watched one video, and it's uh, Violet by Hole. And um, so, yeah, what, what was your biggest takeaway from, uh, from this? Not a lot to dissect here, which is just from this particular video. Okay. Overall, Beavis and Butthead were disappointed with the uh, promise of violence or holes that were not displayed either. So uh, I think they were overall disappointed. But we did get to see Butthead... Uh, slap around Beavis uh, as well. Uh, Beavis said he would uh, show Butthead his hole if he would like, which led to some violence. And seemed oddly sincere. Like it didn't even like, he just straight up said, I could show you my butthole if you'd like. And he just smacked, yeah, just like straight up smacked him. And um, I, something that, this is another kind of obnoxious thing I have that kind of related to. I love that they thought or at least we're working under the assumption that Courtney Love's name was Hole. And it, it, it sort of reminded me of this is another sort of, I mean, another trip down memory lane. But um, we had a friend um, who I think you might have been into this band for a bit too. So forgiveness if I insult your sensibilities. But he was into this band called Dredge, okay. who... I, it's like this prog rock band, just, I hate it. Like there's like the most empty sort of pretentious inspirational lyrics. I've, like there's, I, I can remember a line about, 
Like, go look at the mountaintops because they give honest opinions about the stars. Like, just terrible. Just terrible. But um, for whatever reason, I found it funny when ever discussing that band to refer to lead, the lead singer as Darren Dredge, which it, it, it's not his name. His name was, uh, I looked it up, uh, Gavin Hayes. But like, I did it to the point where one time he had seen them in concert and he was talking with somebody else about the show while I was with him and he called the lead singer Darren. <laughs> I Oh, I laughed so hard. <laughs> and again, that's like, why is that funny? <laughs> but it's... You're just as bad as toppling somebody over down the flight of stairs. Oh, shut up. That, yeah, yeah, that, that's equal if I, like, kicked him in the throat while I said it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, so, um, yeah, what do you, which one do you think's better, Adam? I personally, though, I think uh, you said it's not an era. I think no laughing is better. Um, I, I just, I like the, you get to see a little bit of their interactions with all of the teachers. I enjoy the unusual punishment and their attempt to actually serve the time for doing the crime. And uh, th their laugh release is just something I'll never, I'll never not laugh at and not forget. Yeah, that's, and that, that's kind of the reason I, I have a slight preference for Ding Dong Ditch. I think the episodes are about equally funny. So I think that's why Ding Dong Ditch is when we get like, you know, the perfect display of like what I like about Butthead's attitude. Like the voices are there, the pacing's solid. That's why I think slight preference. These are both both really good, though. I've, I've, I'm a big fan of both. Um, you know, we got, everything we did sort of like was like in our background. How much do you feel like we're like Beavis and Butthead today? <laughs> uh, probably more so than I would like, though. Um, you know, looking back, just hearing some of those stories, just, oh, God, it makes you just, ugh. Again, yeah. it's just so terrible. But, uh, you know, I think there's a part of us that will always laugh at funny names um, and, and situations that arise that uh, even if we don't, I think the only difference now is that we, you'll be looked, you realize people are looking down upon you more if somebody, oh, hi, I'm uh, Daniel Butkus. And, you know, you would be, <laughs> there's more uh, social consequences that you realize at this age that, uh, you, no matter, um, no matter how, how much it still might be in you, but it's still there. So. Yeah. I, I think we're definitely better like in so socially, but like, and we text each other, we text and talk fairly regularly, like to the point I, um, I do remember this is I looked through I believe this was on May 23rd of this year I sent you a text message saying like one of my favorite songs is called Pocket Full of Thirst it's by the band Heartless Bastards and uh, at one point I just kind of listening to it realized I sang to myself Pocket Full of Turds which not only did I send that in a text like you asked me to make a recording of it which I did so uh, I, I feel like we're better, but yeah, there are, there are a lot of laughs still, as we're in like the back half of our thirties now. Okay. Well, I think that's, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, well, thank you for anybody who's listening as always. 
you can well, you can reach us uh, via email at buffcoatandbeaverpod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at buffcoatandbeaverpod. And really, I think this would be fun. Like, if you have any sort of stories like this, please share them. I think we definitely love to hear anybody how anybody else you know relates to these uh, these just just Beavis and Butthead as a whole. Um, but uh, we will be back next week. I think we're gonna discuss uh episodes that it's just perfect beavis and butthead plot lines i believe is going to be the theme um we're going to be talking about one of which is we already talked about my favorite episode uh the sex one of the episodes we're talking about next week is a very close second so i'm very i'm very much looking forward to that and uh yeah should be fun cool until then thanks bud adios Sure.